Well, hey, and welcome to episode 27 of the Gospel for Everyone podcast. I'm your host, Brendan Krisma, and I'm so glad you're here. Well, on today's episode, Jason, Josh, and I sit down, and, and Jason does a great job of recapping the message from Sunday out of Romans chapter 9, verses 1 through 13. And, and we talk a lot about why this should drive us to go reach our neighbors, to reach the people in our lives that, that don't yet know Jesus. But we don't just talk about why it's important to do that. We actually give real practicals on how to go do that. So stick around to the end for that. As always, if you've not yet listened to the message from Sunday, I do encourage you to go back and do so before continuing on in this episode, as it's going to make our conversation make a lot more sense to you. Well, thanks again for joining us today. We hope you enjoy the conversation. Hey guys, good morning. 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 How are we doing today? Looking out the window and it's snowing again. I couldn't I, tell if it was snow or rain. It looked like it was raining a minute ago, but it looks like it's turned. I blame you, Brendan. Last week, we sat in here. It was nice out. And you were like, well, a couple weeks later, this time, a couple years ago, it dropped X amount of snow. And I told you, uh-huh. don't say that out loud. We're not getting that now, though. We're going to get a quarter inch throughout the course of the day and then maybe some overnight. What's the overnight forecast, Jason? Uh, one to three inches. Okay. Enough for that two-hour delay. Enough <laughs> for that two-hour delay. It's gonna, it's gonna be fifteen degrees tonight. Yeah, so it's gonna freeze. Oh, that's so. gross. It was sunny in here last week. We looked out and it was sunny and happy. And it was notable because I feel like every Monday morning that we sit in here, there's snow on the ground. Yep. So the I'm I'm is it correlation or causation the fact that it was sunny on the time that I wasn't here is that what you're trying to imply Josh I don't know man I'm just I'm just speaking what I know yeah (laughs) (laughs) oh that's so funny yeah well welcome back Jason good to have you back just in time for the hard news for the hard news uh let's just dive in there um I just I mean before we get super deep into it just want to say great job Sunday Uh, again sharing some real complex concepts some uh, deep biblical history all in the course of about 40 minutes and trying to make it clear and concise and drive people to action. I think you did a great job of that. Um, again, the the thing for me, just sitting, you know, I was out in Prescott Valley this past Sunday and sitting there for the 930 and watching the sermon, you know, trying to, trying to engage in it. Um, it was really just that, you know, I got the sense that this is, um, you know, a big deal. And there was a lot of background, a lot, a lot of um, foundation we had to lay before we got into, hey, what is this actually saying to us? And um, because it is super easy to read the first 14 verses of, of Romans chapter nine and say, oh, certainly this must be what Paul's talking about mm-hmm. and not realize that he's actually quoting scripture and not mm-hmm. realize what it is that that scripture means. Um or meant to those who who heard it first, exactly. right? So just great job being able to lay that foundation in a way that was pretty quick because we had to be, um, but still I think helped connect a lot of the dots for a lot of people um, that wouldn't have wouldn't seen that on their own. So great job, Josh. You have any other notes from uh, from Sunday? Yeah, I was just sitting in there on my own self and thinking about every time you talked about that anguish that Paul had. You know, I thought about my family. Um, you know, my mom, little brother. Uh, Really, my dad, like none of them were believers. They just don't follow Jesus. Um, so it was really personal. Each time I heard it, their their faces popped into my head, right? Again, I think 
I think it's easy to just think of other people, right? And I and again, I know you're wasn't even trying to get kind of personal. It was like even more than that for Paul, but for me, like they ran through my head really all day. Yeah. And just that that thought of like they they don't know. And there is that unceasing anguish that they're just not followers and their lives are not what they should be. And um it's because they just haven't surrendered. And so um that was just the personal side. And I'm sure others probably sit there too, have kids and family members when we think through uh them not knowing Jesus, man, it's painful. Like really painful. And so um uh, those are the people I weep for. So yeah. I'm gonna send you my email with complaints. <laughs> <laughs> send me the email. Yeah, that's send good. Uh, Jason, would you give us just the the five minute <clears throat> recap? Hit hit the highlights of um of the message and really what you want people to walk away from from that first ninety kind of percent of the message, and then you dropped a bomb on us in the last five minutes of it, <laughs> and we'll spend the bulk of our time talking about hey, what's next as a result of of what it is that you said at the end there. But before we get there, yeah, just give us the, the highlights. Yeah, again, so you know the big idea, the connection between eight and nine is all of those amazing promises in chapter eight, the glorious crescendo of the gospel, and then you're sitting in the room in Rome and the Jewish people, God's chosen ones, aren't participating in it. Like they've they've been left out by and large from these promises. And so it's just creates this tension. Well, if these promises are true and God gave them to the Gentiles first, right? Paul's already told us this salvation is first for the Jews and then for the Gentiles, but the Jews aren't here. So how can we trust that it's going to be for us as Gentiles? There's a there's a tension there. And so Paul is trying to answer that question. How do we how do we trust that God is going to fulfill this promise? And the whole point of this first section, specifically uh, verses 6 through 13, is him trying to help us reframe what God meant when he said, when he chose the Israelites, what, what was it that got them in? And we've already learned this from back in chapter 3 and 4. It was all about Abraham's faith, that it, it, he believed the promises by faith, and, and all his descendants— are not descendants by DNA, but they're descendants by faith. And so that's what verses 6 and 7 and 8 are all about. Um, and so the, the big thing, again, as I said yesterday, this text gets dissected and interpreted by different people in different ways. And so they're... Um, I, like I said, they've been debating this for hundreds of years. I'm not smart enough to settle the debate. I just always try to share what I see and from my study and what I'm learning and reading and experiencing and put it in the context of the rest of the book. Um, but I think it's pretty clear here in this first section that, that Paul's just trying to make a case for that even back in the Old Testament, it wasn't just that everybody was Abraham's children and that was all, they were all part of the promise. No. There was a specific line that he was getting to, to to fulfill that promise of Jesus, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. And so I just wanted to try to push, uh, push pause on the salvation election conversation. That's one we'll actually have this coming week because I, f- I don't think that this first section is talking about that at all. We will have to address it next week when we get to uh, 14 through 24. 
it does pop up more significantly in that section. But this first section, it's really just about God's trying to fulfill the promise to send the Messiah through Abraham. And he says, I'm going to use Jacob and I'm going to use uh, Isaac. And that's the line that this is, this promise is going to be fulfilled through. And, and it's always been about there's children of the promise and there's children not of the promise. And so that was what we were trying to get to this week. Um, and then we'll talk about the God's sovereignty in the election around salvation conversation. We'll address that one next week. Yeah. Love, love that. Um, you know, we're, as we got towards the tail end of the message, um, I think you did a great job of challenging some of our people. Um, the reality is, right, you know, not everyone's going to care about this election conversation. <laughs> there are people in our church that just follow Jesus and they want to do what they can, yep. the best they can with what they know. Um, and that's great. But there are people that do really care about this conversation, yep. people that wrestle with the Calvinism versus Arminianism and kind of that specific um, uh, uh, election into salvation and that sort of thing. And I just loved the way that you landed the message with a challenge for everyone, right? That applied to both groups of people, the people that do care and the people that do not care as much um, or hold it less less tightly, hold it maybe a little bit more loosely. And it was, right, that that no one's going to, like practically, no one's going to care about your doctrine or, or this specific uh, theology if if what your doctrine and theology is not driving you to is, is reaching people for Jesus. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's, that's what I walked away just remembering over and over again. It's like, Oh yeah. Okay. What is more important than what I believe about this very specific scripture? Yep. Oh, it's, it's my obedience to Jesus. Yep. It's as I'm at, am, am I actually going and making disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the father, son, and Holy spirit. Like that is the, the most true command in, in my life. Uh, the one thing that I feel incredibly compelled and convicted that followers, followers of Jesus should be doing. Um, so in, in any way, shape, or form, right, if this doctrine is is separating you from that command, then that's something we need to check in our own lives. Mm -hmm. uh, and then in addition to that, I want us to spend maybe a little bit of time here today talking about what does that look like, right? You you gave a, you did one of your lists, yeah. right, towards the tail end of the message, and it's, hey, Paul's willing to do this, but we're not willing to do that. And there were like six or seven of them. Paul's willing to give up his, his eternal security. He's willing to spend eternity in hell for the sake of his people. And we're not willing to go walk across the street and talk to our neighbor. We're not willing to go have the uncomfortable conversation. We're not, not willing to go do the things that, you know, help us engage with the people in our lives that, that don't know Jesus. Um, so, and we've been having a lot of these conversations around how do we you know, how do we equip people to go do that? That's mm -hmm. this whole making more thing we've been, been doing on Wednesday nights. Uh, anyone who's engaged in that, like, that's the whole thing. Yep. How do we as a church, like act actively equip people to go do that? So if you don't mind, I'd love to maybe just spend a little bit of time talking about some of those principles um, here as the next step for those people who are sitting in the room hearing this and saying, Oh, I am convicted. I do need to go reach my neighbor, but how do I really do that? Yeah. So. Josh, won't you share a little bit about the conversation you had uh, that we got to share last Wednesday? Yeah, uh, of how this is playing out, even for people in our own church. For sure. Yeah, and this is one of many. I had a couple people this Sunday go, "Hey, I eat with my neighbor this week," um, and so there's a lot of people. Uh, uh, we had a lady who, uh, 94, right? Did uh, a couple weeks ago uh, was a part of uh, being here when her neighbors got baptized. 
and she baked like three of her neighbors an apple pie like six months ago and began a conversation with them. She literally walked across the street and dropped it off. And here we go. You know, they're, they're coming to church now and then they gave their life to Jesus. And so at any age, at any point, if we are willing, I think God can use us. And so we had another lady who uh, mentioned that she has a friend of hers uh, who she just felt like the spirit was, was telling her to reach out, set up a lunch date with, um, which really awesome and really cool, right? Listening to the spirit. We talked about that. Like sometimes we, we need to engage and hear what the Holy Spirit's telling us. And then she just sat at lunch and listened to her friend's story and, and knew some pieces of it. Obviously she um, is in a lifestyle, um, a homosexual lifestyle. And so, uh, she wanted to hear the behind that, like what actually is that? What's the maybe some of those reasons? But also too that that's not the only part of her story. There's a lot of other pieces of her story. So uh, she got to hear that and share that. And her friend, um, at the end of the lunch, gave her a really big hug and was just like, "Man, thanks so much for just listening to me, like actually hearing my story." Um, and again, it it did take some initiative, of course, but it was also, I think, the biggest piece is she had begun praying. All right, God, who do you want me to? Who do you want me to reach? Who do you want me to reach? Who do you want me to reach? And then it was, uh, hey, here's this opportunity. Now capitalize on it. I was talking to somebody else who literally was like, I am so excited I have a one now. Hmm. They had been trying forever. Didn't know, could have had a hundred, you know. Yeah. And finally God identified, hey, these are the people I want you to go. These are yeah. the people I want you to invest your life in. And so I think all of the, the pieces and help people start. And some people we know are further down on the journey, even in their friendships with folks, mm-hmm. right? As you share, hopefully, just the basics of what the um, the tool that we're kind of laying out. But for those who are were sitting yesterday and go, okay, I do have conviction. Yeah. Because that has to start there. Mm-hmm. I think that is a very real piece of it. What's my first step? Yeah. Right? And I think we've laid that out really clearly to now we're seeing people, mm-hmm. you know, actually begin to live out those things. And again, we're, we're not saying anything about salvation. Again, we did see that with apple pie situation about six months in the making. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. And who knows what those, their story was before that and how people were working on them. So it's not like we're going to tell you this. And today you're going to walk across the street (laughs) and your neighbor is going to give their life to Jesus. They may, maybe it could be cool, but this is a process and it may take some time and it is the investing the whole life in, which is what we see Paul do. So, right. Yeah. Yeah, that's so good. Uh, and to take just a, a small step back, you know, we um, start starting with conviction, right? Like, was, the reality is there's probably a lot of people that walked away from yesterday feeling pretty convicted, pretty maybe guilty is the word, right? Feeling like, oh, I've not been doing this. I don't have this heart for the people in my life. Or maybe I do, but I'm actually not taking any of those next steps. And for, for us, um, you know, seeing our role as equipping the 99, equipping the people that call themselves followers of Jesus to go reach their one. That's the language we usually use around this sort of thing. Is like, man, how effective could we be as a church if our 99, the people that know and love Jesus and are serving him, following him well, if they would just go take that next step in the lives of their one, right? The one person in their life that needs to know Jesus, that doesn't yet know Jesus or have a relationship with him how effective could we be as a a community of believers within the Quad City area and and beyond, Um, right? So we started having these conversations, and that's where the whole making more thing came out of. So you said a couple of these words, and I just want to make sure we connect the dots. 
of like, hey, what does it mean to eat with someone? So what are we talking about when we're talking about like, oh, how do we, well, how do we really go do these things? I know we're using this this bless content, this yeah. book. Would you give us maybe just those um, well, those five kind of things? Well, yeah, I was going to let Jason, yeah. So Jason, why don't cool. you teach on this since you, yeah, taught on a couple of them and just start in that kind of beginning place. But, and you know, it's, and even saying all this is, so when I got here a year ago at this time, you know, me and Brendan were having conversations. And I think Jason obviously was a part of those, but me and Brendan went to a conference and it was like, Hey, what's the next step for your church? And I think both of us very clearly identified, how do we actually help our people actually do this? Mm-hmm. Right. And again, it, it's been a year long process of trying to figure this out. How do we help people in the idea of reaching their one relational evangelism? Um, again, I think most of our people would say, I know I'm supposed to, but again, how do I do it? And so Jason, again, even kicked off like, hey, that's our bad. As a yeah. church, we apologize for not maybe equipping you like we should. So we are actually trying to equip. That's why we're talking about it so much and celebrating so many of these stories so that everyone can hear like, oh, this is, it works. Oh, I can. And, and I think it's the confidence behind, oh, I can do this. So, um, so yeah. Yeah. And just one other note on that piece too, right? Because the equipping pieces are like, you're totally right. That's where I feel as a pastor, I feel convicted to say like, oh yeah, how has our church not been doing this very well and what needs to change? That's this whole thing. That's why we're doing it. Um, On the flip side of that, right? It's for people. We know there are some people who are naturally gifted towards reaching out to their neighbor, connecting with people, having engaging conversations and that sort of thing. So even on the flip side of that, we also know there are other people in which that is not necessarily their natural skill set, like I being one of them. So I fully feel the weight of this. I feel the weight of, gosh, I am kind of socially awkward in conversations every once in a while. Like that is a little bit harder for me. But what we recognized is regardless of your natural giftings and abilities, like if you would say you're a person that's not naturally gifted to go reach your one or go reach, talk to your neighbor, that doesn't make you any less right responsible or accountable to doing the will of God, right? To, to following the commands of Jesus to go make more disciples. Um, so that's where, for me personally, like this conviction really starts out of. So uh, Jason, how do we do that? Where do we start? So what we've been sharing on these in our Making More Conversations on Wednesday we are u- utilizing a, a simple acronym, B-L-E-S-S. So how do we bless our neighbors? And starts really simple. B is begin with prayer. And the big idea behind begin with prayer is we're not praying for God to save people. That's, that's I think, many of us, we feel good about ourselves because I prayed for my neighbor. I prayed that God would save my neighbor or my coworker or whatever. But the reality is um, we should not be praying for God to save our neighbor because God already commanded us to go share the gospel so that our neighbor can be saved. Like it, when, we, when we just pray for somebody to come to salvation, essentially we're putting the responsibility back on God to do the thing that he's commanded us to do. Like he told us to go share the gospel. Go do that thing. Um, now, what we should be doing is praying that. God would open up the opportunity. And this is what you see when Paul is asking for prayer all the time. He's saying, hey, pray for me that the doors may be open for the gospel to go through. Pray for me that I can speak with boldness and clarity when I have these opportunities. So Paul wasn't praying for people to be saved. He was praying for the opportunity to share the gospel. So that's where our 
the first shift that has to happen for us is to begin to realize that God has actually commanded us to do this thing. So if God's commanded us to do this, then we're not praying for God to do it. We're praying for God to give us the opportunity to do the thing that he's commanded us to. So begin with prayer. So pray for the opportunities. Uh, The L, B-L is the listen. And if we're going to be praying for these opportunities, then we have to first have our ears open to what the Spirit is revealing to us, like he's opening opportunities. Uh, Josh, you just mentioned that somebody was praying, who can be my one? And the Holy Spirit said, hey, this is the one. These are the people I want you to be focused on. So we're praying, and then we're listening for the Spirit to help help us to see these opportunities in front of us. The second part of the listen is uh, what you talked about with the lady at lunch. We're just sitting there. We're just going to listen to people's stories. And we're as we are having these uh, relationships with people in our life, we don't want to just be the ones talking and the the sharing the gospel piece is great, but first it comes with us just listening to people's stories. And it's that listening piece that gives us the opportunity to speak into their life, that they'll give us the opportunity. It's the difference between a conversation over coffee and the bullhorn guy on a sidewalk. He's sharing the gospel, but Nobody wants to hear him because he's not hearing them. Like he's not sitting down and sharing any of their story. He knows nothing about these people. He's just preaching at them and they just keep on walking. But when we sit down and actually have somebody who listens to us, we're much more open to having them uh, let us speak into their life. So that's the listen piece. So begin with prayer, listen. The third week is just eat. And again, this is just something that we do three times a day, maybe some of us more, we eat, and this is an opportunity to sit with people, just like Jesus did, hear their story, build a relationship, and that eating piece is a picture of our acceptance, our desire to know them. It is it is an intimate thing when you're sharing a meal together, um, and so this is us inviting them into our world. This is relational evangelism. This isn't passing out a track. It's not standing with a bullhorn. It's not send this email to 10 people and you'll get a blessing from heaven. That's not what we're doing. It's building relationships with people. So having people in your life and in your, uh, around your table. And so those two, just the eating becomes the location where we're doing our listening. And, um, and so that's the eat piece. And then Last week, we talked about serving. Uh, If you're listening to people, you're in their life, you know what their needs are, you actually are then empowered to meet their needs, to serve them in a way that's tangible. And again, it's, uh, it's what Jesus said. Let people see, let people see uh, your good deeds. It's like a city on a hill. Let people see your good deeds so that they may glorify your father in heaven. Like there should be as a um, a regular practice of doing good things, serving the people around us that actually helps to connect the dots to our God in heaven. And so again, this just gives us one more way to help them see Jesus by us tangibly serving them as Jesus served us. Um, and then we'll get to the last one this coming Wednesday where we'll talk about share your story. So if you're 
beginning with prayer, if you're listening to people, if you're eating with people and you're serving people, there's going to be an opportunity that comes where you just get to share your story. Like you don't have to be a Bible theologian to be able to share with people how Jesus has made a difference in your life, how God has saved you, what transformation has occurred in your life and in your family and in your marriage. The one thing people can't argue with, they can argue doctrine, they can argue Bible verses, they can't argue your story. They can't argue with, this is how God changed me. And I think he could do that for you. So these five things are all very simple things. They're not anything that needs to get added to the calendar. You're doing them anyway. If you're a follower of Jesus, I hope you're already praying. You're already listening to the Spirit. You're already eating. You should be serving. These are things we're doing already. It's just doing them with an intentionality to connect people who don't have a relationship with Jesus, connecting them to him. Yeah, that's really good. And uh, obviously, we're right in tail end last week of this this series we're doing on the Prescott campus on Wednesdays. Um, But we know a lot of people weren't able to engage. We have a few hundred that have been able to, and it's incredible to see. Um, but this isn't where it ends, right? This is like the very beginning of us talking more and more about what it looks like here at Quad City for us to equip our people um, to go do these things really, really well. Um, so be on the lookout for for more opportunities to engage with this. If you're in a group, especially this this sort of content is so much better served and so much better understood when you're around a table with four or five other people hashing through it and having real conversations about it, talking about your your individual and independent one, right? Being held accountable for your conversations with that person and your engagement, that sort of thing. So especially if you're in a life group or maybe you're in a, a discipleship group, this is something that that certainly um, you can adopt and, and we'll hopefully in the future have a few more re, uh, resources for you to be able to digest this and really learn this in those settings. So, all right. Well, that's where I wanted to spend the most of our time, again, trying to drive application out of Sunday's message. Um I know we're all looking forward to next week, but before then, uh, anything else you'd like to add? Uh, I just want to remind, you know, we get to the end and a shout out to our, our tech team, Nate and Austin, who helped put together that kind of that family tree piece as we got to see these different generations from Abraham to Isaac and Ishmael and Isaac's sons, Jacob and Esau. And then the, all the boys, that came out of Jacob. We got to see this, this line that God said, These are, this is the line that I'm going to use to fulfill this promise to bring this Messiah. But at the end of the day, the Messiah comes, and he lives, and he dies, and he's resurrected, and he gives the challenge to his disciples, and the challenge was, go make disciples of all nations. Like, nobody's left out of all nations. Like, mm-hmm. Ishmael was not left out of that. The Edomites were not left out of that. Like the Indonesians are not left out of that. Like whomever you can think of, they are a part of all the nations that we're supposed to go to and make disciples of. So I just want to make sure that we don't uh, in any way uh, push people out of the conversation for salvation that Jesus wanted to invite in. He says, all nations, uh, go make sure that they hear this good news. And so, again, that's the role that we have to play, um, even with the lost people around us. Well, and praise God, right? Because America is included in that list. Yeah, there right? you go. This, we didn't, right. this thing didn't start here. That's right. <laughs> so praise God that, yeah, that's that's the end of our stories yeah. as well. So, 
All right, guys. Thank you so much. Uh, we'll uh, talk again real soon. All right. All right. Well, that is a wrap on episode 27 of the Gospel for Everyone podcast. Thank you so much for joining us and sticking it through all the way to the end of this episode. If you ever have any questions or comments from Sunday's message, I do hope you join us at quadcity.church slash Romans, where you could submit any questions to be answered right here on the Gospel for Everyone podcast. As always, I hope this conversation was fruitful for you and helps you grow deeper in relationship with Jesus and each other. We can't wait to see you again real soon.